This is Parent Q Live, brought to you by the team at Parent Q. Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Parent Q Live. This is episode number two of three regarding technology. Kristen, we're in the middle of a technology series right now. That's right. So if you missed last week, you're going to want to go check that episode out because we talked about the importance of navigating our online world. Yes, yes. So go back, just one episode, catch up. It's chock full of great information. And today, the series is going to get a little bit more specific on the cell phone. Like, Absolutely. Like, like the cell phone. And not just the cell phone, but that moment when you first hand your kid a phone. I mean, I know as a mom of kids who don't have their own cell phone yet, I can't wait for this episode because I want to listen to it and listen to it on repeat as we get ourselves ready and plan what we hope will be true in the future. So if you're like me and you're in a phase where, lucky for us, our kids don't have cell phones yet. Yeah. I mean, that's how I think no, in my no, own it mind. Is, it is absolutely lucky for you. <laughs> And so there's just this whole world that if I'm not careful, I can start to get anxious about. Yeah, sure. And the goal in this episode is to take some of that stress off. <sighs> relieve some of the anxiety. Help us start putting together a plan for what is it going to look like as we get ready to give our kids a cell phone, as we give our kids a cell phone. Yeah. And then navigating a new reality once they have that phone. Absolutely. And so to start off that conversation this week, we have Kara Powell. Kara, again, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, she's executive director of the Fuller Youth Institute and associate professor of youth and family ministry. She's also co-authored a book, uh, which is going to help us with this conversation, Navigating Our Digital World. It released last month. Three people won that book last week. So if you didn't, go check it out on Amazon. But what I love about this particular part of our conversation with Kara is she got a little bit more personal about the conversation that she had with her kids and how exactly she gave her kids their cell phone. So here it is. Check it out. Cell phones have become a part of our body almost. So as a parent, I'd love to even dive a little deeply into a personal space for you. How did Kara Powell decide when it was the right time to give your son or your daughter a cell phone? Well, we have three kids. Two of them already have a cell phone and one does not. The two that have phones are 18 and 16 and our child who doesn't is 12. Yep. Um, she has an iPod Touch. And our loose rule of thumb in our family has been that our two oldest got a smartphone at age 13. Okay. But now technology, Carlos, is an area that we handle a little different than a lot of other areas with yeah. our kids. You know, there are some areas in our family where we treat everybody absolutely equally. You know, both yes. of our girls got their ears pierced at age 10. Yes. And, you know, bedtimes were the same at certain age. But we've told our kids all along that technology is one of those areas that isn't going to be identical. We're going to do that. what's best for each kid. It's going to depend on the kid's maturity and on the kid's level of responsibility. Yes. So for our older two, they had either an iPod Touch or what they called a dumb phone up until age 13. Yep. And then with both of them, we felt like on their 13th birthday, they were ready to get a smartphone. And so they got one. Yep. Our youngest is 12 and a half. She's on a touch now. So she can text. I mean, I'll tell you, that child can find wireless <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so good. So she can text from anywhere. 
maybe around age 13 will feel like she's ready to have a smartphone, but there's no hard and fast line in our family. For us, it's been no earlier than age 13. That's good. No, I, I love that. There really can't be a hard line because technology is so fluid. It's moving. It's changing all the time. So Yeah, and I, I'll tell you the one thing that has been hard is to not give into how kids are getting devices younger and younger. Our 18-year-old, when he got his smartphone at age 13, I mean, he was one of the last kids in his class to get a phone, but not the very last. Our daughter, who's now 16, she was definitely the last. And our 12-year-old is one of the few who doesn't have a smartphone now in her grade. And so we're kind of late adopters when it comes to smartphones. But Dave and I just looked at each other and said, it's not about what other families are doing. It's about what's best for our family. Yes. It's so funny. It's almost like a rite of passage these yeah. days. Did you guys make it a moment? Like, what was that like? We let them choose their phone ahead of time because my daughter wanted rose gold. Yes. And my son wanted solid black. So they chose it a week or two before their birthday. And then we presented it to them on their birthday. I mean, it did feel like a special moment for them. They opened it immediately, plugged it in immediately. Yeah. um, Yeah. We're downloading apps immediately. (laughs) And we had to kind of stop them and say, okay, let's talk about what apps you're allowed to download now. But you need to talk to us about every other app you want to download. Talk to us first. One of the things that's important to us is that our kids know how to take screenshots because if something inappropriate comes to them, we want them to be able to take a screenshot. And so that was one of the early things we made sure our kids knew how to do. Okay. Um, and now, to be honest, they're way better at it than I'm, I am. Yeah. To say to them, how do you take a screenshot again? So, you know, we did have a handful of things that we wanted to talk through with them that first day. But with our older two, it was part of them turning 13. That day, they got a phone. What are some things, some unanticipated maybe results of giving them a phone, both positive and negative? Well, I'm glad you asked both positive and negative because so many times people only focus on the negative. And I'm very pro-technology. I mean, Carlos, you and I are having this conversation thanks to technology. Listeners are listening to it thanks to technology. And I would say for our cell phones with our kids, like in so many ways, it builds family intimacy. I find that sometimes my kids are more likely to affirm me as a mom on their phones than they are in person. You know, you're the best mom. They're actually more likely to text that to me than they are to say that to me. Wow. Um, We do often more affirmation by phone. We send jokes and funny pictures to each other. So we have kind of a family group text and I'm looking forward to our youngest child being part of that. Yeah. You know, as our oldest child potentially goes away to college next year, you know, that'll be a great way for us to keep in touch with him. So, you know, it's definitely a way for us to have better communication. I love that, you know, we have an app that lets us know where those smartphones are. Absolutely. Anytime I'm just wondering, gosh, you know, did volleyball get out yet? Are they done with worship practice yet? They said they were going to be home by now, but I'm kind of surprised they aren't. I can just go on that app and instead of texting one of my kids while they're driving or calling them, I can just say, oh, you know, they they haven't left the gym yet. Coach must have kept them late. Right. And so I love all that. But, you know, there are some negatives. Our two teenagers are very quick to, you know, have their eyes down on their phone. We had to create some boundaries. Like there's no phones when we're eating. 
yeah. when we're eating is a phone free time and especially dinner. I mean, that's the one that we really, really protect for Dave and me too. Yeah. We do make exceptions. Like if one of us is waiting on a text because we need to know, say when, when we got to be picked up after dinner, you know, we'll hold that a little bit loosely, but yeah. that's the only kind of communication we do during meals. Cause that's really important to us. The car, I mean, certainly the kids are on their devices yeah. during the car, but sometimes I'll say to them, you know, hey, why don't you be on your phone for a minute or two and then let's talk. Yeah. And yeah. as long as my kids get a minute or two to be on their phone and catch up when they jump in the car, then they're fine talking after that. Totally. Um, there have been seasons where we've taken our kids' phones at night because uh -huh. it was just too tempting for them to text a friend later than bedtime yep. or watch Netflix later than bedtime. And so we've had to monitor that. And often we've had to take our kids' phones and just keep them slept in our room months at a time. So, yep. I mean, another positive is I love checking my kids' texts. I learn a lot yep. about who they're spending time with, what kind of conversations they're having by checking my kids' texts. That's where Snapchat is a bummer because it's sure. so much harder to keep track of. And as a parent, I pay money to eliminate Snapchat. Yeah, but, um, but text and Instagram, you know, you can still see a little bit more of. And sure. so it gives me a glimpse into my kids' life that yeah. I wouldn't necessarily get. I absolutely love that. And I'm taking so many notes right now as I get ready and think about what it's going to look like someday in my own home as I give my kids a cell phone. And to add to that conversation, we wanted to get someone else's story so that you could hear from multiple parents who have gone through this reality, walked through this story with a high level of intentionality. And so we wanted to bring in our friend, Tom Shunis. Now, Tom Shunis is an author, speaker. He's the father of three kids. They're 15, 13, and nine years old. He goes by Chef. Chef. So you might have heard him referred to as Chef, but Chef has an undergrad degree in physics, a master's in organizational leadership and biblical studies. He worked in the education system for 10 years as a teacher, coach, and principal. And principal. Wow. I didn't principal Chef. Absolutely. Who knew? I didn't know. Actually, I believe at his school, it was a headmaster. Oh, wow. Fancy. Principal for the rest sure. of us. Yeah. Well, I'm going to call Chef headmaster for the rest of his life. <laughs> And then he went on to North Point Ministries, where he led the largest middle school ministry in the country. This particular conversation about giving your kid a cell phone is something that Chef has spent countless hours wrestling with. And so we think you will gain tremendous wisdom as we talk specifically about what his family did when it came time for his kids to get their first cell phone. Have a listen. So Chef, you started your career as a middle school teacher who became a headmaster for an upper school, grades 6 to 12. Yeah. How did you see teenagers <laughs> using cell phones at the time? Well, I don't want to date myself, but it's been a while. I was the IT director in the middle of that for a laptop school, which was interesting. And so instant messenger was the mm. big thing. I don't remember cell phones being an issue. It was the instant messenger and the kids on the computer and all that sort of stuff, which was just the precursor for what was coming. Yeah, it was actually a really progressive technological advance for the school at yeah. the time. We were just trying to figure out how to handle it. I mean, we just started wrestling with the tension of technology. It's got so much opportunity, but it also, you know, has a tremendous downside as well. So so then you became a middle school director of what became the largest middle school ministry in the country, running how many middle schoolers on a weekend? Oh, in attendance? You know, we had six campuses. We'd run two to 2,500, you know, a weekend. 2,500 middle schoolers, sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders. Yeah. How did that shape your view of technology? <laughs> they had to be connected. It was constant connection. 
and that's their thing. I mean, middle schoolers are looking for affirmation. And so they're using those phones just to be connected. It's such an interesting thing when you look at their text streams, meaningless. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I mean, that's my least favorite text to get. Hey, because I don't want to text back, but they love it. And so they're just, hey, what's up? Nothing, nothing here too. Okay. Riveting. Yeah, yeah it's riveting, but they're connected. <laughs> I mean, the hey really is, will you text back? Hmm. That's what they're they're doing. So it's just amazing. When you walk around the room and we didn't have chairs so they could sit in circles of small groups and they would be sitting in circles together, everybody looking at their phones, you know, mm. and you'd always wonder like, are you texting each other? Mm -hmm. um, and then at camps, we learned to give every small group leader a bag and label it cell phone and tell them it's our policy for you to collect them. It was just amazing how relationally camp would go so much better. Mm. You know, it forced them to connect in person. It's easier to connect. So when you watch middle schoolers and their engagement online and on their cell phones, on their devices, you were a parent at the yeah. same time. Yeah. What were you thinking in your own parenting world with your own kids as you got ready for this season of life? Yeah, I mean, I knew it was coming. Every parent says, yesterday they were babies. Yes, you know, and eventually it, it kind of sneaks in. But I think I thought, this is not just a new thing I need to prepare my kid for. Mm. This is a new medium in which he, at that time, was my first one. He was going to have to learn to live life through it. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't handling it well, particularly myself. And, you know, here, this kid will not remember a world without this powerful technology. Whatever I can do as a dad to prepare him for it, I just thought if we can figure out a way to prepare him to handle technology in a way where he uses technology or he controls his technology and his technology doesn't control him, I will set him up as a parent for a life where he is set apart from the rest of culture who's just, I mean, it's like they're zombies, you know? Mm. I mean, and I say that not judgmentally because there are times I'm a zombie, right. you know? And right. it's like, man, what is going on? So, but if I can um, raise a child who can handle it well, it just felt like this is worth the work. Now, you're one of the most intentional people I know, Chef. We have opportunity to work together on a number of projects. Yeah. And I know you well enough to know you think pretty deeply. But you think pretty deeply about things ahead of time. So having a background of being a middle school teacher, yeah. a middle school director, your kids are growing up in this world. How yeah. did you decide when it was the right time to give your kid a phone? That was part of my job to answer these questions for parents. So you couldn't help but to kind of prepare for your own. So we thought through the timing of it because we wanted it to be late enough that they were ready-ish, but also early enough that it gave him three or four years. And we set a goal, and I don't know if this is a good idea or not. I got this from my last boss. This is what he did with his kids. Our goal is to give them a practice year for college their senior year. Mm. So when he graduates 11th grade, I'm going to take the rules off, the restrictions off, and basically give him a college year with a safety net the restrictions are going to be off when he heads to college anyway. So right. to give him a practice year where there might not be a curfew, I might not filter his phone, but I'll get to have conversations about who are you accountable to when it comes to what you're doing on your phone, those sorts of things. So that, that was our goal. So we decided three or four years. And so that landed in the 13-ish category. Okay. Now we did not give him a phone for his birthday at 13 on purpose. I gave it right around there, but we didn't want to give it to him as a gift because then he would feel like it's his. And we didn't want to communicate, you get a phone when you're 13 to the rest of the kids, because this decision is, I mean, it could be very unique. So what did you do to prepare for the cell phone experience? You knew yeah. you were going to do this. You had thought through, you didn't want it to be a gift. 
What did you do to get yourself ready or to prepare them to be ready? Well, talked a lot with my wife about that. This is the fun part. I bought myself a new phone Hmm. because I was going to get him an older phone. So that was fun. (laughs) Um, Got myself a new phone. And then I really just set it up. And I thought about the phone, not as a phone. As we said, it's an everything. So I was like, what is it then? Well, I think it's really six things at this point, and it can change. And I broke it down based on just what it does. It's a phone, so you can call people. You can text, which is different. And there are challenges with that, not just what you send, but what you receive to talk about. I broke FaceTime out because I think FaceTimes are really, you don't think of it as much different than a phone call, but it really is. If you FaceTime someone in your bedroom, (laughs) you've invited them into your bedroom. Yeah. We wanted to think about that a little bit differently. The internet, obviously, apps, how we're going to handle apps, and then social media. So those were like the six categories. And then I broke it into three categories, like what are you going to get now? What are you going to get later? And what are you going to get much later. I guess it's three different sets of time. Yeah. And that's really what we did. It was, you know, if you listed them vertically, I had six categories and then there were three boxes after one. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do later? What are we going to do much later? And again, I cast that vision for, hey, our goal is to, when you graduate 11th grade, if this goes well, it's all yours. It becomes your phone. And that was the other thing we didn't want to give them the phone as a gift because it was, you get to use our phone, Hmm. which changes a whole bunch about you know, the arguments to come and privacy and all those good things. The next thing I did is I called AT&T and I set up smart limits. And smart limits is a way to kind of figure out how much they're texting, who they're texting. You can see call times and who they're calling. You cannot see the texts themselves, but I didn't tell him that. So (laughs) um, that was important. And I also set up a family account on the app store. So he has to ask permission to download any app onto his phone. So And then I went in and I set up everything I could. I got a uh, filtered internet browser. I turned off Safari and then I locked the phone down. And the only way to change the settings on the phone are if you know the password. And then I had that already before I handed it to him, if that makes sense. How did you go about giving your kid a phone for the first time? What was that day like? We made sure we had an hour or so to talk through it and we surprised him. He didn't know it was coming. So we sat him down and in fact... It took him about 10 minutes to realize what was happening in the middle of the, the conversation. And we were just talking about a phone in the future. And then when I pulled the phone out and sat it down on the coffee table, he got super serious. So it was like, oh my gosh, this is the moment. you know. And so he was just bubbling over with excitement, which was fun. But this is also the moment where you can tell him, hey, by the way, you're not going to have Safari, which means you're not going to have Siri. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine, you know. (laughs) Hey, by the way, when it comes to privacy, we're going to read your texts. We're also going to track where your phone is. Okay, that sounds great. Of course, there's no problem with that. And so that's kind of what we went through. We went through these different sections with the phone. We just said, never delete the call log without us. And by the way, I've got smart limits so I can see who you've called. And we have a very big issue if those things don't match. Texts, it was never delete a text without permission. And we talked about receiving information and we had to get pretty descriptive of what someone could send you that you could go to jail for and that you know how you handle that in the moment we talked about facetime and facetime was just a not now sort of thing for now you just have to ask permission to do it the internet i told him safari's off and here's your new filtered app and by the way i can see what you've done on those things apps you know here's how that's going to work you can ask to download any app, but we've got to approve all of those. And he was fine with that. And then social media was just a no, no social media. And the more I read about this, I just, I'm getting more and more 
firm about this. Just no social media in middle school. In middle school. Yeah, that's my advice. So after you gave your kid his phone, you'd spent so much time preparing, thinking about this, working yeah. up until the moment. What were things that were unanticipated for you as a dad when your kid had a phone for the first time that maybe entered your house, changed your family dynamic that you just didn't see coming? Yeah. Well, I had been through this so much and watched it from the sidelines so much. There wasn't much I hadn't anticipated as a perfectionist. The thing I have to remind myself as a parent is that misdemeanors are a win. Misdemeanors are a win, you know? <laughs> With social media, you know, he made some mistakes here or there, but it was pretty painless. I mean, one of the things I did in the conversation is we kind of opened up and said, what do you think our family technology rules should be? Hmm. Without me having to say this is the rule, he said, well, we shouldn't have it at mealtimes. I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> but he came up with a rule of what if we just don't have technology upstairs? And it has been the best thing. I can always tell when he's upstairs because his phone is on the table by the stairs and there's just nothing to worry about up there. Wow. And so every once in a while, he'll ask me, can I take my computer upstairs to do my homework? And number one, he's an easy yes. Number three is not going to be an easy yes. But um, it's a great family rule. So what surprised me was how much I liked him having a phone. I felt more connected. If I was away, I could text him, have a great day in the morning and still be a little more connected. But like I said, that was with number one and even number two. I love to be able to text her. She is the worst text backer ever. Like, <laughs> hey, I love you so much. Okay. <laughs> like, nothing. I get nothing from her. So what's the number one piece of advice you would give to a parent? Maybe they're in this season of life. They're considering giving their kid a phone. They're right yeah. around this zone. Mm -hmm. What's the piece of advice that you would give them? I just think it's to keep a prepare them for, not a protect them from mindset. If you're there, misdemeanors are a win. We're preparing our kids for a world. I think when you do that, you can also cast a vision for them. Like, hey, this is what I want for your life. Technology is a powerful thing. I don't have to explain to you that people aren't handling it very well. But I think you can. And I think it's important to say one of these days you're going to have total freedom, which is great. But if you get this right, you're going to set yourself apart from this culture and you're going to have yourself in a great position to really be a leader. So many of the questions I get about phones are fear-based questions. And I get it. I get it. It's just if we just protect them from one of these days, they're going to have it. So let's take a prepare them for mentality. And it just changes things. I think... I was in the church world, so I love the Apostle Paul's words to Timothy that he was kind of explaining to a young guy, hey, here's when you know things are out of control. Don't be mastered by anything. Hmm. When you feel yourself being mastered by technology, you're off base. I think it's the biblical ethic for those of us who are Christians. It's the New Testament ethic. When it comes to technology, it's like, hey, when this thing starts to take control of you, you're in the wrong spot, whether it's social media, just the need to look at your screen. Hmm. I hope that helps, but I think that's a prepare them for mentality. Chef, thank you so much for this conversation, for sharing your insights you about a cell phone with us and what we can do as parents to set our kids up and have a preparing them for mentality. So much good information coming from our good friend, Chef. And now, Carlos, hey. I want us to talk for just a minute because one of my favorite things about you is that you're always teaching me in this area. You just have new things that you're learning, not only as a parent who's a highly intentional parent, but also as a parent who's pretty tech savvy. Well, sure. 
I feel like every time we get together, you've got a new app or a new thing that you're trying and a new learning in this area. And so it has been incredibly insightful to me as a mom, just to hear you and watch you as you navigate this world of technology. I mean, what do you feel like are some things that you've discovered after you gave your girls their own phone? Wow. I was scared. I was scared to hand them the phone and, and we gave them at the same time. There were 15 and 14. I mean, we waited late. They've only really had their phones for a year and a half. It was Christmas. You know, again, I built a prison around their phones so that they could only get in the in and out in certain places in their phones. And I think what I didn't realize what happened is my daughters don't necessarily love their phones as much as I thought they would. You think of teens and they're always on their devices. And that's true. And that's even true for them but they don't like that about themselves. And that is something that surprised me. I wasn't expecting. I I may have shared this before on the podcast, but one thing that surprised me, I asked my daughter because they love friends and they're watching friends all the time. Hmm. And I asked Sayana, like, what do you love about friends? And literally the number one thing she said is they don't have phones. I love that they were always just together in rooms. And I said, oh, well, that's interesting. She said, yeah, I wish that my friends, that we didn't have phones because then we could be together all the time, but I have to have my phone in order to stay in relationship with them. So there's this love-hate relationship that I think a lot of teens have. They feel some of the negative things Mm -hmm. in their souls maybe, but it's also the connective thing and they don't necessarily have to to find freedom. They don't have to get out of the house. So that was really surprising when it came to my girls. So when you're talking to parents and maybe they have some concerns about their kid and their kid's cell phone, what advice do you tend to give to parents? The biggest advice that I give to parents is you can't create habits in your kids that you don't have yourself when mm. it comes to technology. No, I don't like that advice. I know. Can See, you go for already, else? yeah. So I've had to change my my use of my cell phone dramatically so that I can parent my kids because, mm. you know, there's some things that are different. Obviously, like I use mine for work, but guess what? They use their cell phone for school now. Like they, wow. they're using it for school. So I can't say that anymore. Like that's why I'm on mine more. So the number one thing is don't make it a teenager phone conversation. Make it a family phone conversation. Mm. So, hey, guys, you know what we're going to do as a family? We're going to try to lessen our use of our cell phones, and this is how we're going to do it. I'm just telling you, when you make it about the family and not about them, they really tend to lean into it a little bit more. So that's probably the biggest piece of advice that I'd give. And now specifically, a lot of times you mention an app that you've found or an app that you're using. Yeah. What are a couple of your favorite go-to apps that you would share with parents? There's a lot of great ones. We actually just talked about Circle for Disney. And so that that goes on iPads. It goes on your PlayStation. It goes on all kinds of things. We've actually used Circle for a while and it was great. There's no app is perfect, but the apps that we found that have worked the best for our family. And again, I have a family of a 16-year-old and a 15-year-old when this airs. And then a 12-year-old. The 12-year-old doesn't have a cell phone. There's no cellular data on there. It's it's an iPad. And so we're more concerned with him about screen time in general. So we use um, an app called Our Pact, and we'll link these in the show notes, but it's been fantastic. He has control as to how he uses his screen time. So there's a start and a stop button on the app itself, and he gets 30 minutes a day on his iPad, and he can use five minutes. Then he can use five minutes later, but he has to turn it off. If he forgets to turn the app off, It'll suck all his time away and he won't have any more. Now, I can be anywhere in the world and he can text me and say, hey, dad, can I have some more time? And I can give him 15 more minutes and then pop his iPad works for 15 more minutes. So you can also decide which apps work and which apps don't. So we have his messages, FaceTime, Marco Polo, a couple of communication apps that are on 24-7. If he wants to use it, 
they're always on. But what's great about it is literally everything disappears off of his screen. So like, this is not there. And so when it's over, it's over. It's a really, really cool app. It's called Our Pact. Now for my daughters, I'm a little less concerned about screen time, like how much they're, listen, that's just the world they live in. I actually fight against that. But what I can fight against is social media. And how I like to say it is pull their souls um, into other people's stories and allow them to probably weigh more on their shoulders than they should. So what Unglue does is it separates entertainment apps and however you want to split it up. And what's beautiful is social media apps, I give them, let's see, I think I give them 90 minutes a day. So 90 minutes a day, all of their Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, whatever they're using, it works. But then when they're done using those 90 minutes, those apps just stop working, but the rest of the phone continues to work. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then in Unglue, they can also gain time and save time. So they have it like a piggy bank, a time piggy bank. So if they've only used 60 minutes one day and they go to sleep that night, well, that 30 minutes they didn't use goes into a piggy bank. And so a lot of times they'll save time up for like a slumber party. They know that they're going to a, a friend's house and all the girls are going to be watching YouTube videos on their phones and Snapchatting all night long. Well, guess what? If they save enough time up when they go to the slumber party, they can pull it out of the piggy bank. And it just allows them to be responsible about that. And the last thing I'll add is the new iOS update. And this is just for iOS. I think they've done this for a while on Android devices, but Apple in their latest iOS development has screen time. And it's now in the settings. I'm kind of beta testing it with my family. I may even release Unglue because it shows me exactly how long they've been on the apps and it cross shares it across all the phones. So my daughters see how long I've been on Instagram, what time I was on Instagram, wow. what time they're on Snap. Like all of that is now cross pollinating across all our devices. And our family has such accountability now in ways that we never had before. So this is a new little thing we're having to adjust through and walk through. But those are the three things I would say, just those in and of themselves can give you a lot of guidance when it comes to handing your kid a cell phone. That's incredible. And so many things that lend into next week's conversation where we have an opportunity to talk with the founder of another app. And I'm not going to talk about that one yet because it's such a huge conversation for next week. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast because you are not going to want to miss our third part in this third part series as we talk specifically about some of the fears that you might have and some of the things you may be most concerned that your kid might be either viewing or sharing on their device. Yeah. We're going to get right into that. And the app that we're going to talk about is also a tool to help you with some of those things. So we're going to shine some light on some really positive areas of Absolutely. how we can parent in light of these things. So you aren't going to want to miss that. Subscribe to Parent Q Live podcast because you aren't going to want to miss this third part of the third part series. It'll come straight to you if you're subscribed. Just make sure you don't miss this. Absolutely. So today, if you guys head to the parentq.org slash episode 93, in those show notes, we're going to have links to those apps I talked about, Unglue, OurPact, even a YouTube video that shows you exactly how to use the new um, screen time settings on your iOS devices, your Apple devices. Also, we've got a free cell phone contract in the show notes as well. This is vital, vital, vital. Write it down. Make sure everyone's on the same page when it comes to how you're going to be using your cell phone. You guys can get that there. Friends, one more episode in this technology series. We'll see you next week on Parent Q Live.